Today's episode is brought to you by Nomad. Go to the Flathead's best manufacturer, Nomad is a longtime supporter of the local community and sports scene, celebrating 20 years of building great careers in mission-focused custom vehicles. Nomad, a Montana-based company making a global impact. Visit nomadgcs.com for more info. That's nomadgcs.com for more information. Welcome back to another episode of the Interlake Sports Now. I'm Josh Dugan, and thank you, as always, for taking out the time to check out the show. We'll start things out with another fall sports update with some local volleyball, soccer, and football action from the high school scene. Then we'll talk some Grizz and Cats football, where I'll give one key takeaway from the Grizz and Cats entering Big Sky play this upcoming weekend. So starting it out, let's just dive right into the fall sports update. We have some volleyball news. Glacier moved to 4-0 in Western AA play over the weekend after beating Butte. Sarah Downs had 16 kills, and Haven Spear provided all 40 team assists for the Wolfpack, who are now 7-3 overall on the season. While Flathead moved to 2-2 in Western AA Volleyball play over the weekend after picking up two wins, one over Butte and one over Missoula Big Sky. Kendall Kartoffel, Sienna Sterk, and Anna Bain all played key, key roles excuse me, in the Bravettes' victories. In soccer news, the Whitefish Bulldogs split their weekend matchup with Hamilton as the boys' soccer team moved to 7-0, with a 4-0 win over the Bronx, Ryder Elliott was key for the Bulldogs with a pair of goals. Meanwhile, the Whitefish girls lost their matchup with the Bronx 2-1. It was their first loss of the season, and now they sit at 7-1. Delaney Smith scored the lone Bulldogs goal. In Class AA action, Glacier swept their series with Butte as the Wolfpack boys and girls both won 10-0. That's hard to do. Liam Ells had a hat trick for Glacier boys, and Reagan Brizadine had a huge game for the girls with five goals in the victory. Scoring half your team's goals on the way to 10 total, that's almost impossible to do. So very impressive wins for Glacier. Moving on to the prep football scene, starting with Whitefish, who picked up a 20-14 overtime win over rival Columbia Falls in the annual Cat-Dog football game. Bulldogs QB Carson Golick had three touchdown passes on the day. He hit C.J. through for two touchdowns, one of 25 yards and one in 60, of 67 yards. And Mason Ketch hauled in the game-winning touchdown on a 10-yard reception in OT. So, impressive win for the Bulldogs over their rival, Columbia Falls. Big Fork ran away from Libby for a 41-6 win in Class A play. Vikings QB Tristan Hurd connected with Eli Thornis, who had a huge day. Thornis finished with three touchdowns, five grabs total, 155 yards. So, you catch five balls, three of them are touchdowns. It's a heck of a day. Hurd finished with an efficient 176 yards passing and four total touchdowns, while the Vikings offense racked up 411 yards total. Another big win for Big Fork. Always love saying that. As for the Class AA schools, Glacier bounced back from their first loss of the season versus Butte a week ago with a 35-7 win over Helena. Grizz commit Cash Gochea ran for three touchdowns for the Wolfpack on nine total carries. Talk about efficient. And Cohen Costellitz hauled in seven catches for 166 yards to help Glacier run away from Helena. Kobe Dorches, excuse me, added 106 yards rushing and a touchdown. So overall, just a strong game from the Glacier running back room. Huge rushing attack and sophomore QB, who was the one hitting Costello, who had a huge game. He was a, he had a great game too, 19 of 28 passing for 289 yards and the touchdown at Costello. So overall, Glacier's three and one, one and one in Western Double A play. 
and a serious contender to make a run towards a state title or make a deep playoff run without a doubt. Next up, the Flathead Braves had a Thursday night slate versus Missoula Sentinel, and the Spartans picked up a 46-7 win at home. Flathead QB Brett Pasola connected with Stephen Riley for a 21-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter for the Braves' lone score of the day. Flathead wideout Brody Thornsberry. Brody Thornsberry, excuse me, was solid as usual, finishing with four catches for 90 yards for the Braves. The Braves are now 1-3 on the season. All right, that was your fall sports update. Let's get to a quick message from our friends at Nomad and then dive into a little Grizz and Cats football action as Big Sky Play is set to kick off this upcoming weekend. All right, on to that college football action from the Treasure State. I'm going to get to one takeaway from the Grizz and Cats each entering Big Sky Conference play. So let's start out with the Grizz. My biggest takeaway from the Grizz so far is Coach Bobby Houck and the Montana Grizzlies. They're poker players right now. They're playing a little poker right now. They don't want to show anybody what cards are in their hand right now. They are not giving anything up. They're doing a lot of bluffing. They're listing two QBs as starting quarterbacks. Sam Vidlack and Clifton McDowell are listed as co-starters. Ever since the official depth chart came out, that's been the case. Vidlock, Vidlack, excuse me, got to start week one. Then McDowell played the majority of the second half week one. All right. Game number two, McDowell in the start. And he played the majority of the game. And then we move into week three as far as meaningful time. And then week three... The carousel continues. It's back to Sam Vidlack, and we barely saw any Clifton McDowell. So I have a theory that Coach Bobby Houck has some tricks up his sleeve. He has a good idea of what that quarterback room is going to look like come conference play, and he just has not shown his hand one bit. And I understand the approach. My only question moving forward for the Grizz and this offense is, do they need to establish a little bit more continuity, a little more of a rhythm heading into conference play? Because it felt like McDowell and the rushing attack were dominant the first two weeks. Then in week three, McDowell had limited action, two carries for four yards. Understand, maybe on those two carries, Coach Houck didn't like what he see. Maybe, as I said, a bit of a poker player. There could be a lingering injury or something like that with McDowell that they're not announcing to the media, and they just wanted to get him some reps so it looks like he's not dealing with anything. Who knows? But it makes you ask the question. I think once conference play begins, the Grays are definitely ready to unleash a few tricks up their sleeve. Vidlack in that fair state game was 9 for 15, passing 105 yards and an interception. So it's not like they were lighting it up through the air. I was really surprised not to see Clifton McDowell a little bit more. But the real question is, and my biggest takeaway is, what will ace poker player Bobby Houck have up his sleeve this upcoming week and throughout conference play? Only time will tell. The Grizzlies do need more continuity on offense. Last year, we at times saw the Grizz offense struggle with consistency. So that would be my only concern as a coach's perspective. Completely understand wanting to play the game. You don't want to give your opponents an upper hand. You want to have a secret weapon or two or a couple tricks up your sleeve. But that being said, the offense struggled versus Ferris State. And you need to establish a rhythm going into conference play so you don't get to that point when you do start playing the top-tier teams in the big sky you're still figuring it out. you got to have that figured out. Like I said, I think they're playing a little bit of poker. I think they have a good idea of how that 2QB approach is going to look come conference play. But so far, in three games from the Grizz, they have not been willing to give their hand at all. And you really, I couldn't tell you, heading into week four, beginning of conference play, who's the starter? Who's going to get the next rep? You never know. So that's a good problem to have at times. You look at Sac State last year. They had a lot of success running a 2QB system. Took them all the way to a big sky co-conference title, and 
deep playoff run. So you look at Sac State and the way they did it, the Grizz could be looking at that and going, we got one guy who's a great passer, one guy who's a dynamic runner. How do we find the blend of the two to utilize their talents? Because I'm going to make a bold prediction here. Down the stretch, we see McDowell carry the ball close to 10 times per game and efficient 10 times per game. Look for him to be the kind of guy you see near the goal line, adding up those touchdowns, kind of like Sean Chambers with the Bobcats. And look for Vidlak to start ripping it 20-plus times per game because they got to let him let it rip and figure out exactly what they have in this offense. So I think the 2QB approach can work. We saw it with Sac State. We see it with the Bobcats becoming more and more popular at the college level, especially NFL. We don't see it. Across college football, though, right guys in the right system with the right pairing, it can work. And I think McDowell and Vidlak complement each other well. They both have the potential to really help this Grizzlies team. We'll see what Bobby Houck has in mind moving forward in this Grizzlies offense. Brent Pease, offensive coordinator. Like I said, I think they have a few tricks up their sleeve. But so far, they are not showing anybody their hand as Big Sky conference play begins. I think it'd be a 50-50 bet who you see starting week four. I couldn't tell you. So that's my takeaway from the Grizz. Not a bad takeaway, but just a little bit of a... Coach Bobby Houck is really not wanting to give anything up, and I think that there's a lot of benefits to that from preparing, not letting your opposition prepare for your team, keeping the Grizz opponents off guard. But the Fair State game, I got to raise an eyebrow a little because they didn't use McDowell much after he was so great the first two weeks. So we'll see once Big Sky play begins, if he's just been playing poker, Coach Houck, or maybe the Grizzlies are leaning towards using one quarterback, or maybe they're just figuring it out on the fly. But I have a feeling playing a little poker. Poker face, God, do it sometimes. All right. As for the Bobcats, so they're good enough. This is my takeaway. The Bobcats are good enough to beat up on the bottom of the pack in the Big Sky with or without Tommy Malat. But when it comes to winning another Big Sky title, making another deep playoff run, which is the expectation of Bobcat fans at this point, if you're a Bobcat Nation kind of guy, you expect, guy or gal, you expect real success from this team because they've done it year in and year out. The last few years, Brett Vegan has a machine-like system, it feels like. Taylor House, right offensive coordinator, has them rolling. A lot of good things. Here's my takeaway, though. I think the Bobcats really need to make an effort to take some of the pressure off both Tommy Malat and Sean Chambers, especially during the lower level of play in Big Sky play, lower-level teams, I should say, because they need to keep this machine rolling when it matters the most. True freshman running back. I just coined the name the other day. Scoring Scott Trey Humphrey. Got touchdown Tommy Malott. Scoring Scott Trey Humphrey. Has a ring to it. Maybe not. Has the potential to break out as a star for the Bobcats. In three games, he has six rushing touchdowns. Excuse me. Hit the mic there. He has six rushing touchdowns. So I expect Humphrey to be a guy down the stretch, although he's a true freshman. Look for his workload to increase. He could be one of the guys who takes that pressure off of Malott and Chambers. Because at the end of the day, you can go in and you can beat up on bad teams you look up this upcoming week the bobcats travel to ogden to start big sky play weber state that's a tough matchup between two top 10 teams in the fcs so they're probably going to need to lean on their running quarterbacks in this one you need Malat and chambers although tommy Malat was listed i believe as not playing so point being you can have these guys miss one important regular season game versus a top tier opponent when it's going down the stretch in Big Sky Conference play and you have a trip to Sac State on the road versus Sac State, that's a tough game October 21st for the Bobcats. And the following week at Idaho, October 28th, tough game. And then, of course, the Brawl of the Wild in Missoula on November 18th. Those are the three games that could define the Bobcats season. And you need those two dynamic runners on the field. So my question is, when you play a Portland State, 
when you play a Cal Poly, who they will play the following two weeks after Weber State, how do you add some wrinkles in the passing game? How do you implement a couple new guys to take the pressure off Milan Chambers and limit their snaps while keeping them the well-oiled machine that the Bobcats offense is? So that's my takeaway. The Bobcats have the talent and the depth and the coaching to, again, make a deep run in the playoffs and compete for a Big Sky title. The question mark is, will they have their two key quarterbacks when it matters most, Milan Chambers? Because truthfully, I think without... If either of those guys goes down, it really hurts the Bobcats' chances. And if Mala in particular with him out right now, we're going to learn a lot about Sean Chambers and see what he could do as the go-to guy. We did it. He had a lot of success in the past. When he's gotten the opportunity, he had some success at Wyoming. So I'm not saying it's all bad, but the point being is you want both those guys healthy when it matters most. How do the Bobcats prevent the injuries to their stars? That's my biggest takeaway. So, a lot to break down there, a lot to digest, but you got Weber State coming up. Tommy Malott's out, like I said. You can drop one game maybe versus a ranked opponent, but the Bobcats already lost one to South Dakota State. All of a sudden, you start adding up the losses. Even though they're quality losses, you could say, because it's a top-10 team in the FCS, this is the kind of program that is shooting for bigger things and going for an FCS title after falling short the last two years. You need Tommy Malott. You need Sean Chambers when it matters most. So like I said, I have a lot of respect for Coach Vegan and that organization or program, I should say, and what they do. Running the football is so impressive with their quarterbacks. But you got to add a wrinkle and to keep those guys healthy when it matters most because you can't have Tommy Malott going down week two versus South Dakota State. I know you want to win that game. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, that game's not going to matter. What matters is playoff time, big sky title on the line, those are the games that the Cats, I know that you circle the calendar, you want to get that one back for South Dakota State, get them back in the playoffs when you're healthy. So that's going to be the biggest concern. That's my biggest takeaway is they need Tommy Malat and Sean Chambers when it matters most down the stretch. Alrighty, y'all. That's been quite the breakdown. I'm kind of ran a little bit about the Grizz and the Cats, but I'm hyped for Big Sky football to take off. Make sure you're checking out the Big Sky Now, our new show on the Hagedone Sports Network fellow peers, fellow sports reporters from the Northwest here jumping on there this upcoming week to break down some Big Sky football. You'll want to check that out. Follow me on Twitter at jdugan406 to keep up to date with that. But that'll do it for this week's episode of the Interlake Sports Now. I'm Josh Dugan, and I'm out. Thank you as always for listening, y'all. Have a good one, and enjoy another epic weekend of Northwest Montana sports, and it's some good Grizz and Cats football on the horizon. It's going to be fun. It's always y'all. Today's episode is brought to you by Nomad. Go to the Flathead's best manufacturer, Nomad. It's a longtime supporter of the local community and sports scene, celebrating 20 years of building great careers and mission-focused custom vehicles. Nomad, a Montana-based company making a global impact. Visit nomadgcs.com for more info. That's nomadgcs.com for more information.